Hi, welcome to Chick Chat, the Baby Chick Podcast. I'm your host, Nina Spears, the Baby Chick, and today I'm with Dr. Jane Shomoff, a licensed marriage family therapist, and she specializes in postpartum support. We're here doling out no-nonsense pregnancy and parenting advice. We've worked with hundreds of families and have condensed all that we've learned to bring you simple, practical, and immediate advice for preventing parenting conundrums. Dr. Jane is a wife and mother of three and the owner of Bloom, Let's Bloom with an E.com in Los Angeles, California, and is available virtually to families worldwide. Dr. Jane has developed packages tailored to moms to get them feeling great to their new normal. On Instagram, at moms in bloom with an E, Dr. Jane and her team are always sharing tips and motivational strategies and basically everything postpartum related, so be sure to go check them out. All right. Postpartum period. Women can think and feel a lot of things. Love, exhaustion, lonely, hormonal, and even scary thoughts can happen. So Dr. Jane is here to share with us how we can normalize and minimize those scary thoughts. Thank you so much, Dr. Jane, for talking to us about this important topic. Hi, I'm so happy to be here. And this is such an important topic because literally we all all go through it and we all think we're crazy for thinking these thoughts and yet we all think them silently and quietly to ourselves and hope that nobody ever knows yeah but the truth is that just makes us feel more alone when we're already feeling alone and struggling potentially and so i think it's really important that we can kind of clear the air with some of these scary thoughts and know that you're not alone in thinking them and we've all thought a version of them and so I'm, I'm super excited that we're doing this today. Yeah. And I have to just say that I feel like every mom has had at least one or two, if not more of these thoughts that we're going to be sharing. And it does not mean you're a bad mom. It does not mean that you shouldn't be a mom. This is normal. Our mind plays some scary tricks on us. <laughs> and yeah, I'm just excited that we're going to be talking about this. So then hopefully if there's a mama out there listening to this and who has felt these feelings and have thought these thoughts to know that it's okay. You're not a bad mom. Maybe you need to see help. And yeah, let's, let's dive in. Yeah. And you know, not only are you not a bad mom, but you're just human. Even when we don't have a kid, we have weird, scary thoughts like driving down the street and like seeing somebody crossing and imagining something scary happening to them or whatever we have. It's somehow, you know, if we look at the psychology behind it, we think many thoughts throughout the day. They come and they go and they come and they go. And somehow it's those scary negative thoughts that randomly happen to us throughout our day that rather than letting them come and go, as so many of our other thoughts have throughout that day, we hold on to that thought because it it jars our system. Mm-hmm. It puts us in this fight or flight mode. It really is alarming to, to our nervous system. And because of that, we tend to hold on to it and then we tend to ruminate on it. And I'll get into that a little bit more um, later on when I'm going to recommend a book to you guys if you are experiencing that more often than not. But I feel like it really is human nature for us to dwell on these negative thoughts, which which is really unfortunate because I think we really should be training our brains to dwell more on the positive thoughts because we have lots of those throughout the day too. They just kind of go unnoticed. Right. But but let's bring light to some of these thoughts and actually say some of them out loud um, and, and talk about them a little bit. Yeah. What are the most common ones that you hear from moms? I think one of the most, most common ones that 
start at the very beginning, you know, even like during pregnancy and go throughout your, the rest of your life is the thought of, I'm a bad mom. I'm a bad mom. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And a, if you're having that thought, you're most likely not a bad mom. So (laughs) there's that. So if you're sitting there throughout your day and something happens, you're like, wow, I'm a bad mom. You can applaud yourself because that probably means you're not. But we all have those thoughts. And it really is because we love our children so deeply and we really want to be the best moms that we can for them, the best parents that we can to them. And we set our own expectations so high and we put so much pressure on ourselves that it's almost impossible to meet this crazy criteria that we've set for ourselves. Because I guarantee you, even if you get mad at your kid, even if you have a rough day, even if you're having a hard time postpartum, your kid is not going to hold it against you. And your kid is not thinking that you're a bad mom. So if you're having that thought, know that it's normal. Literally every single mom that's ever been a mom has had that Feels thought. That. Yeah. yeah. I've had that thought. I remember it wasn't even that long ago. (laughs) I was sitting at my desk and I was feeling so guilty because I am a work from home mom. I feel like I get the best and the worst ends of the stick Mm -hmm. (laughs) being a work from home mom. Mm -hmm. And, um, I felt like, Oh, I, I feel so bad because I have to have help. My mom comes over and will help watch my son when I need to get some certain things done. And, I just was feeling, gosh, I need to be the one out there helping him, you know, with reading his books and doing certain things. And I just was feeling like I'm not a good mom. I'm not the one that's out there helping him with those things. And so it really does happen to to everyone. You just feel guilty that you're not there enough. You're not doing enough. And when in reality, you're like, you know what, I'm doing the best I can. And maybe I'm teaching him like what hard work is and that, so you have to also take a step back and realize that there are other things that they're learning uh, uh, as well. So true. And I can completely relate to that. Completely. Yeah. As a working mom yourself, I'm yeah. sure you know. <laughs> I completely relate to that. You know, my kids have now all started school. I just, just, I've just put my one and a half year old in school, but so that's helped and also been hard, you know, that's been its own transition, but it's also, it's helped me get more work done and feel mm-hmm. less guilt about that. But mm-hmm. I was working from home three days a week and I had my mom also coming to help me two days a week where I was able to go into my office. Those three days where she would come and ask me for something or, or want my attention and I just needed to get like two emails out and, you know, or I'd put the TV on for a little bit while I had to get stuff done. And I would also, I'd, I'd have those thoughts that I should be in there with her. I'm not giving her enough attention. And it's because we set the bar so high that we will to never- be the perfect mom. Yeah. yeah, it's unachievable. It's not, you're never going to get there. No matter how much you do, it's never going to be enough for your own expectations. So I think it's realizing that, managing that, and exactly what you said, Nina, giving giving yourself that grace and and also, you know, rephrasing that for yourself, turning it around that, no, I'm showing my child, I'm modeling to them good work ethic, you know, and that's what I'm teaching them right now. This is a teachable moment that mommy has, mommy's working right now and I will be with you in, in a few minutes or whatever that may be. So I, I think we all can relate to that. 
Yeah. Especially moms who are like, don't have the luxury of working from home, having to do daycare. I mean, I hear tons of my clients saying, I feel so guilty that I'm not the one that's caring for them and I have to do daycare. It's just, ugh. And, and then I have moms who are, you know, stay at home and, and they're telling me, well, I feel so guilty because I'm not bringing in, uh, you know, money for the family. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it's just, it's never, it's never, it's never enough. good enough. It's mm-hmm. never enough. <laughs> Ever. So, yeah. So what's another scary thought that, that you hear from moms? Something that I think we also all have gone through is this notion when you have a brand new kid, not when they're a little bit older, when you have this newborn that literally is dependent on you for absolutely everything. How often have you thought like, oh my God, what if I just drop the baby right now? Like what if the baby yeah. just like falls like from my arms? Yeah. You know, like yeah. that you're going up the stairs Yes. I feel like that's always when it's like the stairs. If yeah. you have a house with stairs, everyone freaks out about, oh, I'm going to drop my baby down the stairs. Yeah. And I have that thought. You have that thought and you're like, oh my God, I can't believe I just thought that I'm such a bad mom. I think it all goes back <laughs> to I'm a bad mom. <laughs> but right. it's those really alarming thoughts. Like, yes, obviously that would be absolutely horrible if that happens, but it's not going to happen. Like you are, if you're having this thought again, you can applaud yourself because it probably means that you are making sure that you are holding your baby very carefully and very tightly to make sure that that does not happen. Right. For sure. If we also look at this kind of like evolutionarily, maybe we're having these thoughts to actually prevent that from happening. We have these thoughts to kind of make sure that that doesn't happen so that we are going to be super careful and super connected and super like nurturing to our children so that we right. don't, we keep them from danger, you know, That's awesome. yeah. which is really what it is. Other- I will say on the extreme side of things, I've seen some of my clients where they are a little excessive with their worrying on like, oh my gosh, I can't, I no, I can't give the baby a bath because I'm going to drop them and they'll drown Mm -hmm. or I'm going to drop them down the stairs. And they're just, and that's when I then refer them Mm -hmm. to people, to doctors like you, (laughs) because that's then a postpartum mood disorder that could be postpartum anxiety. People just think of postpartum depression. And I'm like, actually, yes, postpartum depression is a big one and we need to look out for it. But postpartum anxiety is way more common and is treatable. And that's something when, or postpartum OCD. Yes. That's not what I was going to say. That's the other thing Mm -hmm. where, oh my gosh, they have to, no, you have to feed the baby Mm -hmm. like this and it has to be like this. And if you don't do, they then are so OCD about things. And if it gets to a point where it's sounding unhealthy, it probably is for your just mental health Mm -hmm. and you need to talk to somebody about it. And that's, I mean, that's when I talk to you, Dr. Jane, I'm like, all right, where do we go from, from here? And the good thing is, first of all, Nina, that's so true. And that it's also important to note that like, it's all coming from a place of we want to super protect our children, right? But then it cro- there's a time and a line that it can get crossed. When that line is crossed, that's when, you know, you can be at risk for developing these postpartum d- mood disorders that you mentioned. So what is that line? What is that line? I think it's not like, I don't think it's like, um, I think it's when you're noticing that these obsessions or this depression or this anxiety is affecting your life in a negative way and really putting barriers in your relationships is when it really becomes an issue. Now, sometimes you can have those 
symptoms without actually having the disorder. And that can be part of that transitional period. And a lot of times women really, as your baby grows, like you kind of grow out of it. A big reason why I created Bloom was to create this early intervention so that we're with the moms literally from the time they give birth and even meeting the moms while they're still pregnant in their third trimester. So that once these scary thoughts start to occur, we're able to mitigate them, normalize them, talk through them so that they don't turn into a postpartum mood disorder. So how do you normalize them and minimize them? They all start with these scary thoughts that we're talking about today. The idea of dropping your baby is so jarring to your system and so scary that you now start to obsess about it. And when you start to obsess about, oh my God, like I I can't drop the baby. And what if I drop the baby? Oh my God, I'm such a bad mom for thinking that I'm going to drop the baby. And the, if I drop the baby, the baby's going to die yeah. and it's going to be my fault and I'm not going to have a baby and that I'm going to feel so bad and all that stuff. It's kind of like the spiral. Yeah. Or I'm going to accidentally hurt my baby because I dropped my baby and then I'm going to break their neck. And then, oh, I'm going to smother them because I I fell asleep for a half a second. And, uh, you know, and then that's when SIDS comes in. Oh, I have to check on every little breath. And that's when I recommend, okay, if you're... uh, stressing about that, maybe get an outlet or some type of tool that will give you a bit more peace of mind. But even that, I think once you cross that line, it's not going to help so much because it's more than that. Okay. It's, it's, you're not, you're going to feel like, well, what if the outlet like stops working? Right. Right. And so you really start to obsess over these little things. It's, and what we were both kind of talking about was that kind of like downward spiral. Mm Mm-hmm where you're like going down the rabbit hole and then you get so deep in there that you can't even see the light. Um, and that's where the disorder really comes in. That like, how do I, I've crawled into this deep, dark hole that I've created for myself that's filled with all of these fears and anxieties and obsessions. And they're all there so I can protect my baby, but it's kind of gone out of whack, right? And how do I get out? So once you're deep down and dark and in there, you can definitely get out with with support and with help. But the goal is to really avoid getting down there in the first place. It's understanding that you will have these thoughts. You will be afraid of like accidentally dropping the baby, accidentally hurting the baby, accidentally breaking a bone, accidentally, you know, maybe the baby stopping breathing, you know, while they're sleeping. Like you will have all of those thoughts. They are all completely normal. They're completely within the healthy normal range. And it's understanding that as these thoughts come in, you got to let them go as quickly as they come. That is the best thing that you can do to prevent any disorder from happening. Because having these thoughts does not mean that you have some sort of postpartum mood disorder. It absolutely doesn't. It's the rumination and the obsession of these thoughts that leads to the anxiety and the depression that then can can trickle into eventually becoming a disorder. And a lot of women are diagnosed after the first three months postpartum. That's why, you know, we tried to come in earlier and within those first three months when all of these thoughts are starting to occur so that you don't actually ever get there. Right. That makes sense. So how about another bad thought? Like I've I've worked with moms and and it doesn't happen ever the first day. It's always like after I've worked with them for like a week or so as their postpartum doula and then they eventually like they will break down and then they'll be like, I don't love my baby. 
I just mm-hmm. am not in love with my baby. Like I, mm-hmm. I'm again, a bad mom. <laughs> I'm supposed to be the happiest I've ever been. And I'm not, and I miss my life. I miss sleeping in. I'm so tired and I don't love my baby. What do you, what do you do and say to moms in those moments? Oh, I've heard that so much. Times, and I, right. my heart goes out. My heart goes out to all those mamas. Cause like, it's hard. It's hard to feel that way. And I think you, you're, you've been thinking it, by the time you say that to somebody, you've already been thinking and feeling that for a by while. yourself yeah. in your loneliness yeah. for a while, which is also why it really breaks my heart, but it's so normal. And what happens when you have your baby is you may not be connected to them right away. Who's to say that you need to absolutely love your baby right away? You know, that is a pressure and an expectation that should not exist because you're meeting this person for the very first time. They don't know you, you don't know them, and you're not you don't you're not always connected to everybody you meet for the first time. Sometimes it takes time to grow this love and to grow a deeper connection. And there's also lots of barriers in the way. Like being sleep deprived, like your own basic needs are not met. How can you feel love and excitement for this baby when you your basic needs aren't met? Maybe you're maybe you're hungry, you're exhausted, you haven't showered, you you know you're having all of these hormonal changes, physical changes. I think normalizing that. I always try to normalize it for all of my clients that so many women go through this and I promise you that this is going to change. You just need to be gentle with yourself. You just need to be gentle with yourself and give yourself time and show yourself some love, you know, because maybe you're not doing that. You're probably, you're most definitely not doing that. If you're feeling these things, you're definitely not doing that. And and it's hard because it's, when do you have the, you think, when do I have the time to do any of that? But even just taking five minutes to, to breathe, focus on your breath, have a, a cup of coffee. And even if you're baby wearing, like maybe your baby just has to be right on you, whatever it is, just for you to have a minute to close your eyes, meditate, say what you're grateful for and be able to move on from that. Cause I mean, I'll, I'll be open and honest. I had a moment when I'll never forget my son was going through cluster feeding time, going through a growth spurt and he was up, like would not go to sleep. He had to eat. And I was literally laying next to him. He was maybe like three months old. I was literally laying next to his crib with him and switching from breast to breast, breast to breast. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. I felt my breast and there was there was like not even tissue. They were as flat as pancakes. There was no milk in there. And I was crying because I was so tired and I felt like I can't, I'm not doing this. I can't, I'm not feeding him. He's begging for food. And I like you know, I'm trying my best. And I just, in that moment was like, what am I doing? Like I, and I'm going to be honest and I'm being, and I'm being vulnerable right here. Uh, But in that moment, I felt like I should have never been a mom. Like I can't do this. I'm not, I'm not able to do this. Uh, He needs more. He uh, more than I'm able to give. And I just remember laying on the floor with him next to his crib, crying with him. And it was so hard in that moment. I wanted to like tap, tap someone be like, I'm out, I'm tapping out, (laughs) I'm done. And, but I just took a deep breath and I kept going. And because what was I going to do? Roll over and just leave him on the floor? No, 
I just kept going and kept going and the morning came and help came and rest came and we got through it. But I will never forget those like scary thoughts. And I just, and I so appreciate your tip of saying like, you have to just let those thoughts go. Do not eat yourself up or beat yourself up over them. And and I'll be hard on yourself for thinking those thoughts because I made myself just be like, all right, that thought came and here it goes. Because if I dwell on this, I'm just going to feel worse about myself. My whole situation is going to be worse. It's not benefiting anyone dwelling on that bad night that we had together. Exactly. And, you know, I can so relate, as I'm sure many moms can listening to this, to exactly what you're saying. And one of the things you said really resonated with me personally because with my second child, I was more put together emotionally, like myself and my brain compared to my first, which I'll mention in a moment. But she was just a hot mess. Like she was always crying and only wanting me and still always crying, even though she was with me. And one of the things that I would tell myself when I was up in the middle of the night for hours and hours and like nothing was helping or it was just really hard to find that like happy balance that eventually the morning will come. And somehow everything is better in the morning. The night can be scary and the night can be so tough and so lonely. Yes. (laughs) So lonely. But then you know what happens? Inevitably, the morning comes. And somehow we feel like we can. And I always tell moms in those moments, it's kind of like what I told myself in birth when it was so hard and I was feeling those labor pains. I would remind myself in those moments that I am birthing with all the women who are also giving birth right now. And we are strong and we're together and I am not alone. I am not feeling those pains alone. Like I am laboring with all of the women around the world that are giving babies, uh, giving birth to babies right now. And I would say that to myself in the postpartum time saying like, I am not the only one that is awake at night. There are millions of mothers that are up feeling the same things that are tired. I am not alone in this moment. It may feel lonely (laughs) and you may be the only one in the house that's up dealing Uh with this baby. But I promise you, if you turn your phone on and go to like a mom's group or something, there are plenty others that are are up going through the same thing as well. And so I would just remind myself like, yes, it feels so lonely, but I am not alone going through this. I'm not the only one feeling these thoughts and yeah, it the, the morning will come. Yes. So, so beautifully said and so true. We're never alone. Even in all of our crazy, scary thoughts, we're not alone. I guarantee you there are many, 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 if not all women who are mothers and, and have had these thoughts. And what happens, I think, that's so dangerous for our mental health is when it's just a regular thought, they have no power. It's just a thought. It's us. That's what it is. But we give them power. We tend to give these negative, scary thoughts power. And that power grows into disorder. But we're the ones that put the power behind the thought. Because before that, it was just a thought, just like any other thought. And that's where we really need to be mindful and aware that we need to be kind and gentle with ourselves because we love our children so much, but we cannot love them to the point where we 
begin to have a disorder. You know, with my first child, like I'll I'll disclose about that. I this was before we even knew this was a thing because my I had my first kid almost eight years ago, and these postpartum mood disorders nobody talked about them. Nobody knew they really like were a thing. Yeah, postpartum depression, but besides that, there was no other name for anything else. And I really believe that I that I had postpartum OCD, and it all came from a place of I wanted to do everything possible to prevent my child from being harmed by the outside world, from getting sick, from, you know, somebody with with dirty hands like touching my kid and my kid getting sick and something happening. And I would think about it all the time when we were out, when we were doing everything. And I just remember having this aha moment where I like got upset with this like very kind, like old, older woman who like kissed my baby's hands and he was very little, like two months old. And I had such an intense reaction to that, which then led me to feeling so bad. I felt so bad that I hurt her feelings and it kind of like snapped me out of this like obsessive like stupor like whoa like i'm i'm out of control like i need to be aware of this and and do something about it you know and and i did that's awesome and, that you were so self-aware though to recognize in that moment like whoa i i definitely crossed the line mhm yeah and and i'm sharing this because i want other women to to try to be mindful of that and understand that our kids don't live in a bubble you know that we live in in a world with people and germs and different things that happen that are outside of our control and the more that we try to control our environment the more sick we become you know we can do what we can do and we can do the best that we can and our children will still get colds and things will still happen. And once your children become mobile, they're going to, you know, hurt themselves and scrape their knees and bump their heads and it's all okay. All you need to do is do the best that you can. Understand that thoughts are just thoughts. And like I said, with absolutely no ammunition and no power behind them. And it is up to us to keep them that way and maybe to give power to the good thoughts that we have. Like, wow, you know, we went out today and we had a really great family day and that felt so good. Or my kids slept for five hours straight and that felt so good. Or I got to take a nap today or I went and got my nails done. And those feel good moments are the thoughts that we should be giving all of that power to. All we need to be doing is empowering ourselves to be the best us that we can be, because that way we will be being the best mothers for our children. Because when we're breaking ourselves down, we're not just hurting ourselves, but we're hurting the ones that we love that we're trying so desperately not to hurt. So beautifully said, Dr. Jane. I love all of this. This is like gold. I love it. I I really hope all moms listen to this episode because even if you don't think all of these thoughts, guaranteed you've thought one. And I think every mom needs to know that that helpful tip. I love it. So what was that book that you and were going to recommend? Yeah, that's exactly, oh, that's exactly where I was going next. <laughs> you read my mind. Um, so if you are finding yourself really ruminating 
on these negative thoughts and having a difficult time controlling the thoughts and finding yourself spiraling. I'd really recommend reading this book. It's kind of an oldie but a goodie. It's called White Bears and Other Unwanted Thoughts by Daniel Wegner. And it just kind of helps you understand why this happens and what you can do to kind of work through it. Because once you understand it better, it's easier to kind of be aware and learn to not give those thoughts any power. Awesome. We'll be sure to include a link to that that book probably on Amazon. So then that way, yeah. any of our listeners can easily click on that and get more information about that book. That was awesome. Oh my gosh. Thank you so much, Dr. Jane. You guys, we really hope this episode helps out there. Please share with us your thoughts and join us in the conversation on our Facebook page where we'll be posting today's episode and answering questions in the comments. I'll be reaching out to Dr. Jane if there's any questions that we don't know how to answer so she can she can help us out. But as always, subscribe to Chick Chat, the Baby Chick podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, Google, TuneIn, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. You can also follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Pinterest, and of course, our website, www.baby-chick.com. Thank you.